Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on Fridays in May, each film touches upon Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Goya or the hard way to enlightenment and the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie at nortonsimon.org. Support comes from Pasadena Playhouse, presenting Jelly's Last Jam. Follow Jelly Roll Morton, the self-proclaimed inventor of jazz, in this ambitious musical masterpiece that's sure to blow the roof off the theater. Performances begin May 29th. Tickets at PasadenaPlayhouse.org. L.A.S. Studios. Hello, L.A. You might have heard that a lot of folks were celebrating last week. The writer's strike has finally come to an end after a historic 148 days. I'm Brian De Los Santos, and this is How to L.A., the show where we take you inside what's been happening in the city. So the AMPTP and the WGA finally came to an agreement. As a reminder, some of the points writers were striking about involved mini-rooms, transparency around streaming numbers, residuals, and the use of AI. All of those points were addressed in the deal. The union is going to vote on ratification this week, but writers can get back to work ASAP. And even though SAG is still on strike, they're meeting with the AMPTP again today. When the strike first started five months ago, we spoke with WGA strike captain Caroline Renard and writer Rafael Agustin. We're back with them today to get their thoughts on the deal and what this means for the future of Hollywood. Hi, my name is Caroline Renard. I am a writer and director um, in Los Angeles, California, and um, I was a WGA captain for the strike that we just concluded. So I have to ask you, where were you when it was announced that the deal was made? <laughs> I was literally in bed. Um, wow. I, yeah, it, I, we got an email, the captains around like 7 15 ish. I had a long day. It was Sunday. Mm. I had been out and about, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm calling it. You know, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> I'm tired. I've had a long day, and I was ready for bed. And something told me to check my email. And then I saw the email that was addressed to captains letting us know that this big announcement was about to happen. And then, yeah, 10 minutes later, the announcement went out to membership. And then about an hour later, we were all at Idol. <laughs> it's a bar that I, uh, we went to, uh, like just a bunch of union people went to um, when we went on strike in May, and so it felt kind of like we should probably go back to the same bar <laughs> to celebrate that we're not on strike anymore. So, um, yeah, it's a bar in North Hollywood. When you celebrated that night with other people, well, first of all, how were you feeling, and then what did you hear from others? lots of emotions um relief was one of them um one was like i i can't believe it took this long <laughs> you know talking to other people for the past few days 
it's kind of just like the mix of emotions very proud of our union very proud of the membership very proud of us for sticking sticking to our point and not crumbling under pressure happy that i'm a part of this organization in this community of writers who stuck by each other for five months so let's talk a bit about the contract which it hasn't been ratified but the strikes over what does that mean so yeah, it hasn't been ratified. We'll get a uh, link for um, for our union to ratify it. And this past Wednesday, we had a um, a big union membership meeting where our negotiating committee and our board members um, kind of went through everything. And um, the contract's good. We have AI protections, which is one of our major sticking points that we had this year. Um, minimum roof staffing, residuals, transparency was the, one of the main things we were asking from the streamers because that is a thing that they did not want to give us. Um, yeah, we pretty much got everything we asked for. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I want to lean into that um, question a little bit about streaming numbers and AI. You know, do you, do you know what the deal is? Like, how do you feel about all that? I feel really happy about the AI protections, which was something that everyone told us that we wouldn't get and that we should um, give it up and that it's never going to happen. And wow. one of the major uh, sticking point with AI is that AI cannot write or rewrite literal material and AI generated material will not be considered source material under the MBA. But yeah, we have established regulations for the use of AI, which is something that has not been done in any industry yet and we're setting a precedent and we're letting people know that like hey you know art is made by people art is made by human beings and not machines and we need protections in place and then what was the other one it's streaming yeah streaming residuals we were able to um get um some transparency from the studios that's one of the main things that they did not want to budge on they wanted to keep those numbers to themselves um but we the companies they've agreed to provide the guild um under an nda the total number of hours stream both domestically and internationally um on their programs and that is something we need as writers because that's also how we negotiate our contracts and our deals if a if a program on a streamer is making you billions of dollars we need to know that we need to know that so we can get our share of the profit and they have agreed to that let's talk about big picture here sort of and i'm i'm curious to know like what do you hope the impact of this deal will be on the industry one of the main things i hope that our deal will impact we know that sag is still on strike so i'm hoping that this sets a precedent for sag to go in their guns blazing asking and demanding for <laughs> what they want um but not only us um but for next year when the animation guild and the teamsters when they go up for their contracts next year they can look towards our fight and our contract that they can go into the, um to their negotiations with that same attitude asking for what they deserve i want to talk about you for a second <laughs> are, are you able to start work right away do you have a job lined up did they really email you send you stuff i am in the process of picking back up on a uh, uh a development project that was in the works um literally been on emails and calls with my manager i've already spoken to my manager about you know setting up meetings and generals and staffing and stuff like that so it's already started so i'm excited to get back to work 
I know a lot of people are excited to just start working. You have some good credits to your name, and I'm curious to know what you've heard about from your colleagues that might be like lesser known writers. And, you know, do you feel like this contract is a win for everyone? It feels like no one was left behind in this, which is something that the union kept saying since the beginning is that no one was going to be left behind. And from talking to my friends, they feel like this is a great starting point. You know, a lot of these sticking points will have to be enforced, like the rule, you know, the minimum staffing, meaning that there's more room for lower level and mid-level writers, and which typically tends to be people of color and marginalized writers can now actually have an opportunity to be staffed in rooms. And then one of the deal points was, um, you know, bringing writers along to sets and stuff like that. So it feels hopeful. It feels like we can actually start building the pipeline again, Mm -hmm. that like, lower level and mid-level writers that tend to always be from marginalized communities. Can I actually have this be a career again and have a chance to go on set, learn, be mentored, be trained to be the next generation of showrunners? I'm curious. uh, Why do you say that? Well, one of the main reasons we went on strike was um, these past few years, rooms got smaller. When rooms got smaller, there was less writers being hired and less writers being hired meant that the doors were closing for um, women, BIPOC writers, you know, queer writers, disabled writers, because there was there was just this wave of shows only staffing three people. And those three people happen to be all upper level white men. But now that we have staffing minimums, we can bring back room size. We can bring back having rooms that um, cater to having staff writers, story editors, exec story editors, co-producers, which happens to be us. So with staffing minimums now, that means we can like hope that we can actually rise in this industry if that makes sense you know like the doors are open again (laughs) and and at this moment um do you feel like it's gonna be hard for some writers to pick up the pieces after the lengthy five month strike five months on strike people went through their savings people went through monies this is why we needed these you know and we're so very thankful for them you know the the strike funds and the grants and the entertainment community fund all that stuff like that one of these main misconceptions that was quickly debunked during these five months is that a lot of writers aren't rich, right? Like we're not rolling in dough. <laughs> like we don't have houses. We inherited a writer's job where it wasn't a financially sustainable career because you were going from gig to gig because that's what the studios had turned writing into as a gig job. Everyone understands why we needed to do that. But and understands that getting back to normal is not going to be an overnight thing. It's going to take some time. Mind you, actors are still on strike. So we're not going back to production tomorrow until they reach their deal as well. We've all been galvanized to want change and to want better and to want this industry to look different. So I don't see us ever going back. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to take some time because... It's going to be a new new Hollywood. <laughs> so, was a five-month strike worth it? Absolutely, yes. Caroline, thank you so much for today and talking to me. I'm so excited for you, and thanks for sharing your experience. Thank you so much, and as always, like I'm glad we got to touch base and 
you know, close this out. <laughs> yes, a, a full circle. We'll be right back with Rafael Agustin with more on what this deal means for the industry right after this. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Goya or The Hard Way to Enlightenment by Conrad Wolf and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on consecutive Fridays, now through May 31st. More information at nortonsimon.org. Support for LAist comes from Pasadena Playhouse, presenting Jelly's Last Jam. When Jelly Will Morton's soul is forced to face the music, the self-proclaimed inventor of jazz is left at the ultimate crossroads. This lively musical follows the journey from the back alleys of New Orleans to the sparkling stages of New York, featuring a sizzling bandstand, electrifying tap dancing, and soulful tunes. On stage for four weeks only, Jelly's Last Jam. Performances begin May 29th. Tickets available now at PasadenaPlayhouse.org. And we're back. Rafael, you're back. Thank you for having me back. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to talk to you. Uh, five months, about five months later. I'm Rafael Agustin. Uh, I'm a TV writer, a book author, and an avid striker during this hot strike summer. Yeah, I totally <laughs> saw your social media pop off with me, like memes and like funny stuff, but also serious stuff about, you know, being at the picket lines and... You know, how are you feeling now that the strike's over? Yeah, it feels great, but it also feels like the work is not done. While SAG-AFTRA is still out there, we still have to go and support. Um, I, to me, it will not feel like Hollywood is back until SAG-AFTRA makes a deal themselves. So what does this mean for you? Last time we talked about, you know, this ongoing situation, you said it was a pencils down to a project you had in the works. Is there any, you know, any updates on that? Yes, we're back on, and next week we kick off. I had the option of rushing and turning in a, a, a pilot script just to get paid before the, the strike, and me and my showrunner selected to actually wait and not, get, not turn it in, to not rush, to not give our executives any excuse to drop us, right? A lot of people were turning in scripts very quickly to survive the strikes, and we're getting the projects were getting dropped, and that was so heartbreaking to hear. Uh, so we made the... The decision to let let's just hold off and hope that they still love it as much as they did after the strike, and luckily we're still a go. Essentially, the victory for the WGA negotiating committee was kind of like making sure that the the mid level writer, the middle class of our guild, is able to survive, because this wasn't a fight for the showrunners, but this was a fight for the lower levels and the emerging writers to make sure that they can come up and to make sure that they have a future. To me, it was very clear that this was kind of like a fight with the tech companies and how tech companies and streamers kind of created a new reality. I think the tech companies were not ready for a true union town and to confront that. So that was like eye-opening for them, which is why so many things like mini rooms and bonus base residuals and streaming, which they said were non-starters at the beginning, they had to like ultimately compromise on because they realize what true labor power looks like. One of the interesting things that was announced after the deal was Warner Brothers, Disney, Netflix, streamers create a new industry lobbying group. Is that something that makes you kind of worry or? It, it's To me, it's very concerning. In three years, there's going to be a new fight. So they have to prepare themselves. 
I want to take you to the time when you were picketing. Um, again, I said, <laughs> I saw your Instagram posts, your TikToks about your experience. Just tell people how it was, you know. What a lot of uh, more established older writers and show, higher level writers and showrunners were telling me is that they had never seen this much excitement on a picket line. And that excitement all came for the from the new emerging and just entering writers like the amount of diversity energy uh, and joy there was it was so fun to be out there like i i hate to say it in in those terms because it was so such a negative ugly time but the solidarity was so beautiful um you know i was part with some folks that we brought the first like taco trucks to the to the strike we 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 brought the first like mariachis to to the Netflix studios, which I heard they really, really hated. You know, the one of the big turning points was when that quote that we're going to wait it out until they start losing their houses. Like when that quote hit, um, when it hit the public, when it hit the picket lines, that was the moment when everyone was like, we're in it to win it. We don't care if it lasts one week or one year. We're, now we're not moving. Like no matter how hard of a reality that the studios create for us, we're going to be out here to show them the power of true labor solidarity. I hope solidarity looks like the higher-ups, understanding that so much of this victory came from the younger writers, from the diverse writers, and that when they're starting to fill their rooms, they, they remember those people that were on the line. You saw these showrunners, you know, who didn't have to be out there. They did it because they wanted to prove that they stood behind what was happening. But they took the time to speak to all of these young writers who were trying to break in or trying to like figure out how to maneuver through the industry. That's what I think was the most beautiful thing. Was the five months and 140 something days worth it? Oh, wow. Um, I think it was absolutely worth it to show the power of unions and the powers of strike. Unfortunately, and the sad thing is that it was never necessary the studios did this to try to prove a point that they failed at and we could have resolved all of this on day two but we hope that this built the momentum to make sure every guild and union in hollywood gets like a good victory and win rafael thank you so much for joining me today and it's nice to talk to you five months later yeah uh hopefully we could just talk more frequently with less strikes involved Thanks to Caroline Renard and Rafael Agustin for sharing their thoughts and experiences of this historic strike. We've covered this strike from the beginning and we'll continue to follow along with the SAG strike. We'll also keep you updated on other industry news. Sounds like something's going on with the video game, animation, and VFX unions. Stay tuned, y'all. Catch you later. This episode was produced by Victoria Alejandro. Our other team members are Erica Washington, Evan Jacoby, Megan Botel, and Monica Bushman. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes LA a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. 
One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAist.com sweeps.